Hey, Adam, guess what time it is? It's time to crack the customer code. Welcome to episode 57 of Crack the Customer Code. I'm Adam Pork, and I'm here with my partner, the jewel of journey mapping, Jeannie Walters. Okay, you've used that before. You know, <laughs> here's the thing. I like to keep it consistent. I think consistency is a good, important part of the customer experience. You just couldn't and... come up with another one. <laughs> <laughs> Not one that's repeatable in public, no. Oh, <laughs> there we are. This Booyah. is our last episode together. <laughs> you, say, you say that like every third episode. <laughs> well, we do have kind of an interesting topic about disruption and customer experience and loyalty and how it all comes together. But first, I think we should talk about our sponsor. Customer experience is hot, but are you taking advantage of its huge potential to make your services business more prominent and profitable? Join Service Strategies for an informative customer success workshop in San Diego on October 27th. You will learn how to create customer success while generating profitable revenue for your services business. The workshop is part of the Service Industry Summit event, which brings together leaders from companies like Cisco, Dell, and others to discuss the challenges of a changing service landscape. Visit servicestrategies.com to learn more. And if you'd like to reach our listeners by being a show sponsor, you can go to crackthecustomercode.com slash sponsor. That is crackthecustomercode.com slash sponsor for full details. So, Jeannie, I think when we have a list of the biggest buzz business buzzwords of the last decade, we are going to have to put a place in the top 10 for disruption. Oh, disruption. Everything's it's so exciting. Disruptive. Everything is being disrupted. <laughs> it's so exciting to be a disruptor. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's not that fun to be disrupted, which uh, is evidenced by anyone who has a dog or small children. <laughs> <laughs> but so disruption, we talk about it in industries, interesting because what happens to the disruptees, to the people in that industry, the organizations in that industry that are having their entire world shaking, shaken up? And how do they respond to that? And this ties into our lovely topic of cracking the customer code because one of the best antidotes to disruption is customer loyalty. Having a loyal, happy, dedicated customer base that is not ready to defect at the first instance of you know, a shiny new object. Mm -hmm. And we've seen this in so many industries. It's very interesting. And, you know, industries have different ways of fighting back. So customer loyalty is the best one because it is the one that does not depend on an external force. The other thing, and we see this all the time, is that they go to court. They mm -hmm. try to block, te you know, te through technology, through legislation when they're big enough to influence legislation. You know, right. They do everything they can to hold on with their, their grasping fingers <laughs> <laughs> for as long as possible to the advantages they have, which is, of course, understandable. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting is that doesn't always work. So what I want to talk about today is how customer loyalty mm -hmm. can work in, in some of these cases and how powerful it can be when a disruptive force enters your market. Well, and one of the things I have said in a lot of the talks I've been giving lately is like two guys and a laptop can bring you down <laughs> no matter who you are. <laughs> and as much as we like to think we're sometimes immune to disruption, uh, you look at these huge companies who used to think, okay, we've got 
an incredibly loyal customer base. What can go wrong? Well, Amazon can go wrong for Barnes and Noble or, or Borders. You know, all these things that happen, customers are loyal until they're not. So I think coupling loyalty with evolving with your customers and making sure you're exceeding their expectations, not just today, but in the future, that's where the magic happens. And that's, those are the brands that can kind of survive the attack from the disruptors. Well, right. And you have, you know, loyalty is not enough by itself because in the the end, you know, if you are Blockbuster Mm -hmm. and Netflix comes in, eventually you do have to adapt. But loyalty can give you the time to adapt if you haven't seen that change coming. Mm -hmm. And I wrote a back when Comcast was coming out with their new customer experience initiative Mm -hmm. and how they're going to fix customer service. I wrote an article called How Customer Service Can Save Cable. Mm -hmm. And it was really about this issue, which is, you know, cable is one of those entrenched you know, protected, oligopolistic industries. Mm-hmm. And it was, one, they have to keep up with technology. Yeah. And two, they have to have built-in customer loyalty because the one thing about the cable industry, pretty fairly universally, there's some good cable companies, and I'm, I'm pretty lucky down here in Florida. Ours is actually pretty good. But overall, it's, you know, I think the temp- Tempkins got yeah. them rated like the last industry for customer satisfaction. I mean, it's a, it's a basically a horrible experience overall. Yep. And you know, these people are going to defect as fast as they can. And they do. I mean, with all these different options, I mean, the one thing cable controls right now still is essentially the pipe. Right. And even that, you know, satellites nicked away at that. But now they're getting hit on the programming side, Netflix, Mm -hmm. Amazon Prime, all the Hulu, all these things. And it's just death by a thousand cuts. Mm -hmm. And if you look at how they've responded, a lot of that has been to try to protect, you know, the the advantages they have. Right. Exactly. And I think you know, people now, we have so many choices as customers. We're savvier as customers. We can do things like, you know, cut the cord, as it were, where people don't have cable. They don't have anything except those services that you mentioned. They're using uh, VOIP for their phone. They're they're going away from some of the the traditional monopolies that we've had when we were growing up where you had you had to pay the phone company, you had to pay the cable company, you had to pay these certain utilities almost. And now people are realizing that they have so much more control. So I think the companies that get that, okay, what kind of control do these customers want? What, you know, can we provide that for them? HBO went through a little bit of an evolution with this where they were getting kind of pounded because they had no option for somebody who was not subscribing through a cable service. And so they created HBO Now, which is even an ex- a step further than HBO Go, <laughs> right. which was, you know, if you are a subscriber, you can access it mobily. Now with HBO Now, you can sign up and not be associated with a cable provider. And that's kind of revolutionary. And same thing, Amazon Prime got all of their programming too, which you and I have talked about. So I think it's like there are, there are so many levels to this about how you can stay ahead of where your customers are going. And one of the other things I I say and I've written about is how, you know, your competitors are setting your customers' expectations, whether you know it or not. It doesn't mean they're going to jump ship, but basically if they say that, you know, my friend has this cable service and they, they get this, you know, tool or access or whatever, they're going to expect that from their current provider. And if you can't deliver on that as the provider, then the loyalty that they may have had up until that moment is going to start chipping away 
they're going to start realizing that there are more choices out there. Right. And you, I mean, you made a great point about, you know, if they, if they have these options, then you either have to provide that option as well or provide an alternative, Mm -hmm. something else that satisfies that need or that is so unique to your business that, okay, maybe that option is attractive, but I would lose this if I left. Right. And, you know, the, the customer, the one thing about the customer loyalty approach, you, you look at sort of the legislation and legal approach, the customer loyalty approach and the innovation approach is the one that lasts because all the legal approaches do is buy you time. And that's if you succeed to begin with. Mm-hmm. Like the cable company, they succeeded with that. I can't pronounce it. I think Aereo. Mm-hmm. You know, is this on this antenna that you, you basically you could pretty much go around the cable company for all these channels and they won. They won in court and they were able to block it. Mm-hmm. This has been the reaction to Uber and Lyft. Yep. Okay, the taxi industry has had no answer to this other than to go, hey, it's unsafe, please legislate. Right, right. Right, and that's been their approach. I mean, it's been completely, it has not been a out-compete, it has not been an out-innovate, it has not been a uh, improved taxi service to drive loyalty mm-hmm. with the exception of our good friend Rashid. Right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, big picture, it hasn't been, and their approach has been do everything they can to get these municipalities mm-hmm. to stop it. Right, right. It has, it's worked some places, but it hasn't worked universally. Well, and I think the reason that it's not working as well as they thought is because the people are demanding that we have these options. Because if anybody has gone to any big city and had the option of having Uber or Lyft uh, and taxis, you realize how important it is. I mean, th- it's dramatically changed how I travel when I travel, because if the taxi line is ridiculous, you know you have options, where before there really weren't. So I think that part of this is that people are going to their legislators and saying, this is not okay. You cannot just legislate this away because we really want this and need it. Good thing about the politicians, uh, you know, they'll, they'll do what's popular. So <laughs> you can always rely on that. But, you know, you made, you made a great point before, which was the uh, the competition setting the expectation for the industry and what's mm-hmm. happening now. Why do we want it? Because you get in these cars and, you know, compared to your one in 10 good experience using traditional taxis, mm-hmm. you know, you go Uber or Lyft and it's like eight out of 10 of your right. experiences are good. They're friendly. They're clean. Mm-hmm. You feel comfortable with the driver. You know, it doesn't reek of cigarettes. It's not a car that's been, uh, you know, in taxi service since before right. you were born. Right. Yeah. You know, well, all of even these the things. rating system for these things, you feel like you have more control about how people are uh, rewarded in these things, too. And I think that's something like the taxi industry could do that easily. They could just add that. Like, you know, if you use a certain thing and you can scan a QR code and say, how, how is this driver doing? I have not seen that. Like they have the 800 numbers and things like that, but people aren't really taking advantage of those. But it's little things like that that can really add up to a better experience. But you have to be paying attention to what's happening in the marketplace. And a lot of big companies, big industries, they just don't. (laughs) They just don't pay attention. Right. Well, to your point, you know, the a bunch of retailers, I'm trying to remember the name, but a bunch of retailers got uh, together to – 
combat prime amazon primes you know you mm-hmm. pay the fee and you get the two day shipping and they basically all these retailers wanted to not lose business to that so there's a service you can buy and it's like i don't know 50 80 100 retailers you know major names too where you get a prime like service and you know the taxi industry especially the major markets where they really you know a few big companies really have some serious market share and some serious economies of scale i mean the taxi industry could easily do their own app Right. That's some kind of sign up fee or something, you know, some kind of way to combat this, but they would have to improve the rider experience. Right. They tried that. We had an app here for a while, but they they pulled it out of North America called Halo and I had used it. It it was great. So I'm not sure why it didn't work, but uh, I, I thought it was a step in the right direction. Well, the moral of the story is if your industry is being disrupted, there are lots of things you can do, but mm-hmm. keep up with the technology and pay attention to your customers, make them loyal, make them happy because those are the techniques that last. Mm-hmm. But don't assume just because they're loyal, they'll stay loyal. You got to work at it. Just like any relationship. Right, Adam? No <laughs> comment. <laughs> Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Crack the Customer Code. Thanks to our sponsor, Service Strategies, for supporting this podcast. Make sure to check out their informative customer experience workshop in San Diego on October 27th. Go to servicestrategies.com for more details. And you can find the show notes for this and all of our episodes and subscribe and send us feedback at crackthecustomercode.com. I'm Jeannie Walters. Sign up for customer experience webinars at cxwebinar.com and connect with me at 360connects.com. And I'm Adam Deport. You can connect with me and find out more about our customer service workshops and my book, Be Your Customer's Hero, at customersthatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.